0: Would you please turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6? Mark chapter 6. I want to bring you a story. Some of this is a little tender, and I will try to go over it quickly. But this is Jesus speaking, and... uh, in Mark chapter 6, verse 7, are you with me? And you want to be ready in Matthew eleven twenty as well. So I have uh, five verses there I want to look at with you. Lord Jesus, please, Lord, please, Lord, and endow me with your special, special blessings. Help me, Lord, to speak these words clearly and my thoughts, your thoughts clearly, Lord ask you, Lord, to open the doors of these people's hearts. Bless them, Lord, immensely. In Jesus' name, amen. So up to this time, Jesus has had these 12 disciples following him everywhere he goes. It's his posse. He just goes everywhere, and they're right behind him. And they're just licking up every word, every thought, sometimes questioning it. What did he say? Shocked by it when he can still... The wind and the sea. When he can bring peace to very dangerous times. But now it's their turn. It's their turn. And in this, verse 7, Mark 6, 7, he calls to him the twelve. And he began to send them forth by two and two. And he gave them power over unclean Spirits. I want you to notice, two by two, in sets of two, I want you to notice they got their source of power from Christ himself. Now, I remember, I'm looking for some of my old youth groupers here, but I remember 30 years ago, I used to take my old youth group downtown, Altoona, and we would do saturation evangelism and uh, so I would put them in twos, always having a guy there, if not two guys, at least one guy with, with a girl, two by twos. And they were to go door by door. And it was amazing uh, the courage it built up in them, going up to somebody's door and knocking for the cause of the Lord. And at first they were very fearful, scared, and they had never done it. This is the scripture I used in our, in our uh, program ahead of time. And they came back. And out of that particular youth group, I think we had four, four pastors four, and, and girls that went on, two that became pastors' wives even, build up courage in them. I want to speak just for a moment to our, our youth. Christianity is not just a passive religion. It's very active and proactive. And once you, learn how, once you learn how to use his power, which is given to you, to have courage. For me, it took a long time, but I always hold out my two fingers when I'm by myself going somewhere. That signifies to me that he's there holding my hand. He's always there. I can accomplish anything when when I know he's there. The two fingers, that doesn't bring him to me. The two fingers simply reminds me that he's there, always there. Interesting thing. He called unto them the twelve, and he began to send them forth by two and two. And he gave them power over unclean spirits. By two and two, they might might be able to encourage one another, to support each other, to show that union among the servants of God is essential. It's essential to the promotion of the kingdom of God. You see, two are better than one. Two are better than one. I told you about the story of taking my youth group downtown when we collected everybody back up into the church van two were missing fear goes through you double fear because one that was missing was the senior pastor's daughter so i had to drive up and down all the streets and especially the ones around where she had been where she had been assigned and i eventually went down the alleys and i found her with a young man who is now a senior pastor somewhere, I found them in the backyard of someone's house with a circle of children around them, teaching them the word, showing them the wordless book in the backyard there. Wow, was that powerful for them. They... I don't know... They had received that they might give. Don't just keep taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. The holidays are coming. Use your couch time, your table time to share with others what God has done for you. They had received that they might give. They had learned that they might teach. And two are better than one. therefore now... Jesus began to send them forth by twos in order to give them encouragement, courage, and support. When I would go out on visitation with Denny Love, some might know him. Uh, Denny was an unusually large man with an unusually scary face, but he was a real prayer warrior. And while I did the talking at people's homes or in people's couches, I could count on him. He would be there providing the prayer support. And very, very important, the prayer support. Listen, some of us aren't very happy if the truth is known. Some of us are are fairly sad or depressed. There, there was one time... I, a man came in and he said, I'm just so depressed, I don't want to live anymore. And I said, well, what's your lifestyle like? What do you do? I'm retired. He had some issues. I'm retired. I sit at home and I watch TV all day. Oh, this is kind of strange, Rodney, but I said, get up and follow me. And I put him in my car and I took him down to the Altoona Hospital and I took him to the uh, where you sign up to help, to be a volunteer. And I signed him, helped him sign up for one day a week, and the, the last time I checked, he signed up for two days a week. It brought so much joy into his life. The secret of being happy is to be useful. Be useful to the kingdom of God. I went in on Thursday to... Uh, Great Commission School, a lot of us were there. And I went into the school, they were having a veterans banquet. It just so happened that uh, about five, six of us were behind the counter doing the serving, smiling when veterans came in, frowning when some of the children came in. But they, we have a group of people in our church that serve at the Great Commission School during the mealtimes. Be useful. That's a secret. That's the secret. Be useful to the kingdom of God. Don't just keep taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. Give it out. That's what Jesus was trying to teach his 12 disciples, which later on evangelized. The world. Verse 7 again. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two. And he gave them power over unclean spirits. And Jesus commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey except a walking staff. They were to take no scrip. That means no billfold, no bread, no food no money in their purse, but they are to be shod with sandals and not put on two coats, one coat and a pair of sandals and a walking staff. Because Jesus Christ wanted to be their source. We don't have to be our own source. We can draw closer and closer to him. And I, just as a way of practicality, I feel it more than ever after I've read through portions of the Bible. Get into the habit of reading passages of Scripture. You feel his presence while you're doing that. He's there. You just don't always feel it. Jesus wanted to be their source. Jesus wanted to teach them to rely on each other. And to trust him, no matter what. Now somebody ought to write a book about what they went through. It would be it would be made up probably, but what did those disciples go through when they entered villages and towns that were very, very Jewish and here they're coming in upsetting the apple cart and saying, The Christian way is the best. That Jesus Christ has fulfilled the Jewish scriptures. Jesus wanted to teach them to rely on one another. And to trust him no matter what. Verse 10. And he said unto them. In what place soever you enter into a house. There abide till you depart from that place. And. Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart there, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city, that place. Uh, I used to be a security guard down, down at Liberty and we had this wild man, long hair, blowing, just blowing everywhere. He had a white gown all the way to his feet. He had sandals, which was strange. It was wintertime. He had sandals on. He had a staff and he was ranting up and down in front of Thomas Row Baptist Church. It was, it was it was really an amazing thing I was the security guard I'm supposed to guard the church from this wild man eventually we called the police the neighbors were very worried they called and said we can't let our children out he's been there all day when the police came he did this Pfft. he wiped the dust of his of the of his feet onto the ground and threw it off symbolically. Isn't that amazing? I've never seen that before. But that was a modern day crazy guy and uh, wow, had a couple crazy guys there. We, We just went over something too quickly. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Sodom and Gomorrah was during a time of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob back in the book of Genesis. And uh, God is going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah because of their lifestyles. Because to God, it was intolerable. And Abraham argued with him not not to do it. Well, what if you can find 50 righteous people there? And then... Abraham march, walked him down to uh, 10. What if you can find 10 righteous people there? Then maybe you won't do it. And in God's mind, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah is intolerable. In our minds, and this is true of our, our own teenagers, they've been taught that it's, that it's to tolerate were to tolerate them. We are not, I am not filled with hate for the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. I have spoken to many about, about their, their lifestyle. Mankind tends to be more tolerant than God is. And with God, he wiped out the whole city with, with brimstone and fire. And it doesn't even exist anymore. He didn't just wipe out the whole city. He wiped out the whole area. (sighs) Used to be ten cities in that area. And they were all covered with uh, brimstone and ash. Volcanic ash. It shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Three things on that. One... Some say this teaches us that there will be degrees of judgment in hell. Do you read that in this? As long as somebody who is different than, uh, has a different opinion on, than me on something, I can tolerate them and their beliefs. There are those that believe there are different levels in hell. And the most the worst level in in hell there will be a worse judgment, he says, for those that have knowledge and still intentionally disobey. That's what Jesus just said, more tolerable for for them than for Sodom and Gomorrah, than for those who have knowledge, who have seen what I've done firsthand who have heard me and when we read our scriptures when you come to church and hear sermons you have knowledge what do you do with it the second thing there was there will be a worse judgment for those that have knowledge and still disobey I know it's wrong I know it's wrong I've heard that so many times but I'm going to do it anyway in the way of romance, I, but, but I love him, and that's it. But I love her, and that's it. It's over. There will be a worse judgment for those that have knowledge and still disobey. And the other point of that was, the third point is, there's going to be a day of judgment. Jesus just said it in that scripture. It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment. Wednesday nights... We have been studying the book of Revelation, and we are in the very end, last two chapters. And we, those of you that have come, and thank you, you've been so faithful. But it's over for all, by the time where we're at now, it's over for them. If you're not saved, you're already in the lake of fire. We just did that last week. But now we get to see what heaven is going to look like. Wow. I especially, Marcia and Ron, I especially like that song you chose. It's a beautiful song. It'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. That's Mark chapter 6, verse 10. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty. This is Jesus again. He spoke about Sodom and Gomorrah. Many times. And he was in heaven during that time. And he, he Ma, Matthew 11, he was in heaven during the time of Sodom and Gomorrah and saw it. And I believe it just caused tears to see so many people die because of their sin. Jesus, verse, verse 20 Chapter 11, he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. He was complaining about them, about about these cities where he's raised people from the dead, where he's healed the blind and, and the lame, and he's done so many, so many things. And he says, even after I've done them, verse 20, last four words, because they repented not. He says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. That was a city. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Tyre and Sidon were beach cities, ports. And uh, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. For you who knew, for you that know the word of God, for you that have knowledge and still disobey. Verse 23. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, because most of his miracles were done in Capernaum which are exalted unto heaven, you shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which were, were, have been done in thee, had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Verse 24, I even have it on the, the board here. But I say to you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Wow. We get another day of judgment here. I have uh, two passages from 2 Peter. It's a small book. 2 Peter talks about the end times. You might want to look at it sometime. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 here. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. That word temptations also means difficult times. And he knows how to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. Second Peter 3, 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. He keeps it in control. They are reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. And again... Especially the curse goes upon those who have head knowledge, but no heart knowledge. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know what they're planning to do is wrong. But according to even last week's message, the, the pleasure is too great. So they do them anyway. Loving of pleasure more than loving of God. Well... Verse 12 of our original text. So they went out and they preached that men should repent. Pastor Dave, you sound like a broken record, somebody once said to me. Somebody once said to me, this person came to church almost always half inebriated, to be truthful. You could smell it on him and he complained that every time he left he just felt bad and sad about himself and i said well have you ever thought about repenting of your of your lifestyle no don't go there he said don't go there they went out verse 12 and they preached that men should repent i i had an old i had a I have a lot of old youth groupers. Now they're in their 30s and 40s. And uh, I came across one and I asked, what do you remember most about my teachings? And honestly, they said, PPJC, Practice the Presence of Jesus Christ, and CATS, How to Pray, C-A-T-S. And you always preach from Romans chapter 12. All the time. I want to read to you from the board too. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Let's see why I would want to teach this to my youth group back then. I beseech you. That's stronger than beg. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. To present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Does this world have any conforming pressure upon upon our kids walking this walking the hallways in our our schools they they see different lifestyles be, being demonstrated and those people seem happier than they are is there their music the movies I'm trying to be careful here and control what I want to say. But be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12:1 and 2. And I would always have I would always have my my youth group recognize each other even in the hallways at school and they were, they were to do this with their nose just as they went by another Christian to remind them to practice the presence. They preached that men should repent. That they should change their minds. And that they should reform, rebuild their lives. Note the great design of Gospel teachers, the great tendency of gospel teaching should be to bring people to repentance. To a new heart and to a new way of life. They told them that they must repent of their sins. They told them that they should turn to God. Wow. That's what we should be doing. That's what you and I should be doing. The last verse of our text. Mark chapter 6 verse 13. And they cast out many devils. And anointed with oil many that were sick. And healed them. Jesus was their source of power to cast out devils. I had this question. I even added this question this morning as I was reviewing. What happened to all the demons? They don't die. They don't go away. In the scriptures, demons and and evil spirits are talked about constantly in that day. They were very open and apparent. and, And they would take over people's lives and ruin their lives. What happened to the demons today? I don't have an answer. I just have my answer. I don't have a biblical answer. I have my answer. I think that Satan and the demons learn that they can accomplish more by working underground. By not being so obvious and apparent. And they cast out many devils and they anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Jesus was their source of power. He gave his power to them. Be careful. Be careful in the, in the book of Acts an, an, evil, an, an evil soothsayer tried to cast out demons out of somebody but he wasn't a a godly man so the demons jumped from that man into this man and drove him crazy be careful with that using his power I want you to go away remembering this that we are more powerful when we have someone with us we have the i i have the presence of the lord when i go somewhere and do something we are more powerful when we're by ourselves with jesus than in anything else but some some need that power and help and encouragement of one another jesus sent these disciples out in twos to be able to receive encouragement i remember back in probably 78 or so, in 1978, my ship went on a, a Caribbean cruise. And it wasn't as nice as you think. We only stopped one place, and that was St. Thomas. And I was given the job of being of being a shore patrol for one night. And they paired me up with this man we were we didn't know about each other. Steve Cox, looking for some affirmative, and uh here he was a born again Christian, he was a man very much in love with his wife and with with Christ, and he was a man that that didn't drink as well as I didn't drink, and so we're paired together, two shore patrolmen going down down the streets we were accosted by the wrong kind of ladies. By the wrong type of ladies. We'd been away from our wives for six weeks. And uh, in one particular case, they uh, really were persuasive. And Steve and I just looked at each other and their lures did not, their their wiles did not have any effect upon us at all. We looked at each other, and I said, "Listen, we are born-again Christians, very happily married, and no, we we don't need to have any relationship with you." And he looked at me and nodded. There was another time I was on the beach in Saint Thomas, uh, and on a towel at this Megan's Megan's Bay, one of the most beautiful bays in the world. I took my wife there many years later and it's not so beautiful anymore. It was trashed. But we were on a beach on towels and these two young ladies of the the word alerts me right now. These two young ladies uh, came up and tried to seduce us. And we did the same thing. Kind of blew them off and said, we're born again Christians, very happily married and we don't want to have anything to do with other girls. And they giggled and smiled and left. Well, the power of having, being in twos. Those of us that have been in the military, that's that's you don't realize if you're not in the military how apparent that is, how open that is. But there is power in twos. He sends them out in twos. Uh... Jesus began to send them forth by twos in order to give them encouragement, courage and support, prayer support. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So pick who you spend your time with. Be careful. The counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So important for you to remember that there's good friends and bad friends. Bad friends are the kind that say, go ahead, it's fine, it's good, I do it all the time. When our our youth gets surrounded by bad friendships, by people who will suggest bad things, give them tolerance, give them approval for doing bad things. That's our, that's our bad, bad things, good and bad. The secret of being happy, remember, is to be useful. Sometimes that usefulness is to help others to stay away from sin. When the whole, when the whole group is, is not going to, they're going to do something wrong or evil, You and the Lord are the majority. You need to remember that. The secret of being happy is to be useful. Useful to the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to be our source. Trust Jesus no matter what. And third, Jesus taught that there is a day of judgment. And I tell you the truth. We... Mankind has never been closer, ever been closer than to that day of judgment. And remember this, we will be held accountable for what we did with what we know. Please let that sink in. As the musicians come, we are about to sing a song, There's Power in the Blood. Unless you realize that in the Old Testament, every year, if you were a godly uh, Jewish person, you sacrificed a lamb. You sacrificed in the, the blood of that animal, covered your sin for a year. You needed that blood to have your sins covered for a year. Should you die that year, you were covered. When Jesus died, he was the lamb that came to save the world. His blood covers us for a lifetime. He's our sacrifice. That By by believing in him, but by, by believing in Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, we get to go to heaven. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord Jesus, please. Touch our hearts and lives. You're there, right there in the pews with us. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge that. And Lord, maybe there's some here who have, who have a head knowledge but not a heart knowledge. They rarely even think of you in your presence, you in your power. They rarely think of that, Lord. It's me, 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 me. Lord, today, let this be the day, Lord, that we draw closer to you. We draw closer to to you because of your blood shed on that cross. You make it possible to be so near the King of glory. Lord, I pray, Lord, if there be someone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. Let today be the day That right now in their pew, silently to you, they commit their heart and life to you. Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I mean this, Lord. I want to give you my heart. I want that blood to wash away my sins. Lord, thank you. Lord, ask you, Lord, to put it into our hearts and lives that we would that we would be accountable to you for what we know, that we would share, that we would find that other one, two by two, that we could share our ministries and lives together. Let there be someone, Lord, that we can go out into this world in twos, And Lord, I especially want to pray for our our teenagers, our youth, Lord, who have been so saturated with tolerance. Let us tolerate, Lord, what you tolerate. And let us be intolerant, Lord, to what is intolerant to you. In Jesus' name, amen.